most of us struggle with it. Some more, some less. And maybe it's present in your life right now. And by it, I mean worry. You see, worry gobbles up precious time, pulling our thinking in the past, where we litigate what has already happened over and over and over again. Or if it's not the past, we can't stop thinking about, it's the future. We review the endless possibilities, possibilities that we were, are really sure are gonna go sideways. In other words, we ruminate about negative outcomes for ourselves, for our family, and the world. Spend too much time there, in either one of those places, and I'll guarantee you will be anxious, you will be troubled, and you will get stuck. You know, earlier this week, I came across a saying about worry. Worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you very far. Many of you, I suspect, are spending too much time rocking back and forth. So I want to ask you today, what has you worried, anxious, or troubled? What circumstance or issue is consuming your thought world? During today's message, I'd like for you to think about whatever is bothering you as we explore the scripture and what it has to say about it. And if you're willing and comfortable, type your worry in the chat or comment section. This will allow others to know that they're not unique and that there are others struggling with worry. And we can even pray for you during this service. Or submit your worry as a prayer request at the link that will show up below. We can be worrying people, can't we? And if you aren't particularly prone to worry, then I suspect somebody close to you is. This week I polled some folks about worry. I asked my kids, my men's group. I posted it as a question on social media. And most of the responses were important issues, issues that should be reflected upon and thought about. People said they worried about the well-being of the people they cared most about, heard about addictions and health issues. I heard about fears. A few children shared that they were scared about losing a parent or being accepted by their peers or being bullied. Parents said that they could be prone to being stuck about fearful about their kids' futures. Some were honest enough to say that they were consumed by their own thoughts of inadequacy or past mistakes. One person said they were worried about future wealth. Were they going to have enough? So to be clear, I'm not talking about thoughtful reflection about concerning issues because worry is different. You know, there was a time in my own life when I was so consumed by worry, it was, it was pretty unhealthy. It actually had me. And weirdly, if you looked at my life from the outside, you wouldn't have guessed it. Everything looked pretty good. But on the inside of my heart and mind was a constant flow of concern. I couldn't shut it off. I was working too much. I landed my first job managing people and a couple of programs. I didn't have much experience. And I couldn't stop thinking about work. At night, my eyes would be like peeled open, reflecting on all the ways I didn't think I was good enough or how others might discover my inadequacy. And it just wasn't work, by the way. We bought this new house. That sounded great, right? Yeah, that's awesome. Weekends were consumed by trips to Lowe's and Hope Depot, trying to fix all the stuff around me. The backdrop 
of our first year of marriage with my wife was the chaos of 9-11. And I I deliberated about whether to bring kids into such an uncertain world. Have you ever been there? But what I didn't realize at that time is I had bought into a lie, the lie that is embedded in our culture, the world, the media, the church, and within each one of us. And it has been present even in Jesus' time. And we tend to believe it. And that lie is worrying works. And as we rock back and forth, and we aren't getting very far, but for some reason we keep doing that. You know what they call that? Same thing over and over again, but expecting things to be different, right? It's called insanity. Jesus asks us, and can any of you, by worrying at a single hour to the span of your life, let me ask you a question. Has worrying about that concerning situation improved anything? If it has, keep rocking. You see, we can chart a new course. What should we do? I know what we shouldn't do. I'm real sure about that. We shouldn't say to someone, hey, just stop worrying. In fact, if you tell somebody that, you should probably worry that you're gonna get smacked. But what is clear? Jesus tells us that worrying is useless. Jesus actually does say, stop worrying. But he also tells us why we worry and proposes ways to guard against the rocking of back and forth worrying. In other words, he shows us how to get out and stay out of the rocking chairs. So let's get to the scripture. As always, context is kind of important, right? We started at verse 25. It begins with that word, therefore, which is inviting us to see what proceeds. And verses 1 through 24 cover a whole lot of territory. Jesus instructs that when engaging in prayer and fasting and financial giving, do it in secret, so to keep your big fat ego out of it. Then he goes on and offers the Our Father as a way to pray. And he reminds everybody this terribly hard part of the gospel that if you wanna be forgiven, you must grant forgiveness to everyone. The groundwork for his teaching on worry then begins in verse 19. And that's when our ears should really, really perk up. Jesus says that storing up earthly treasure is fruitless because it just all goes away. Rather, what we should be doing is investing in building up heavenly treasure. He says that where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. Then in verse 22, Jesus says that the eye is the lamp of the body and the eye can be healthy or it can be unhealthy. He's talking about starting places. Where we are rooted influences the way we move about our lives and how and what we love. And then in verse 24, immediately preceding our passage, Jesus sweeps the leg. He lays down some convicting truth. No one can serve two masters for a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Then comes the therefore. Hear it again. Therefore, don't worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, or what you will wear. Jesus is saying to us, to me and you, to us, that worrying so often emerges from being rooted in the wrong place. It's probable that the hearers of this teaching are poor. And for most of us, we don't have to worry about food. We don't have to worry about drink or where we're getting our clothes. But that doesn't matter, does it? We worry anyway, because we're rooted in the wrong place. 
Jesus seems to be saying, don't let your fear of not having enough or your desire for more or your connection to scarcity thinking consume you. Because when you do, there are consequences. You see, worry steals. And that's true whether it's connected to our security or not. It steals gratitude. It steals joy. It erodes trust in God. And it steals precious time. And it takes our eyes off our relationship with God. So whether it's you're worried about your 401k or your loved one's health or addiction or the state of the country or anything else that looms out in the future, know that worrying isn't serving you, the world or God. Here's the point. Faith seems to waste away as we rock back and forth. So what are we to do? And I hope to give you just a couple of ways to combat worry that I believe are rooted in today's scripture. And the first is this. When you begin to rock, sit on the rock. I know that's corny. Jesus reminds his hearers that God takes care of the birds and that they are way more valuable to God than the birds. And when you worry, remember that you are truly special to God. He loves you and will never leave you. He is your rock. When we get consumed by worry and repetitive thinking, useless thinking and fear, we have to go sit on our rock. And that sitting might look differently for each one of us. Earlier when I described my life spinning out of control with worry, I discovered a centering prayer practice that could teach me to detach from my racing mind. I now do it 20 minutes a day, but back then I couldn't even really tolerate three. But what it did is it rooted me in God and it roots me now. You have to find your own way to sit on the rock. For some of you, it might be memorizing a scripture. I love Psalm 62. It's, that would be a good one. It says, truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock, my foundation, my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. If not that one, find a different one. Memorize it. When you worry, lean on it. Some of you might have a song or a different practice to still your weary mind. Maybe it's the serenity prayer. Say this with me now. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. No matter what you do, each of us, much discover a way to connect to the truth that God is enough and will help you and me through any trouble. So when you begin to rock, go sit on your rock. On Tuesday morning, my men's group was studying, discussing this very scripture, and one guy beautifully articulated my next point that I'll tell you about in a minute. He talked about growing up in high school. He didn't have cell phones, and you know he didn't know where people were. You couldn't find them through GPS or text or snap maps. And he had this huge crush on a girl named Julie. And every weekend, he'd go seeking about. And his friends, they'd drive all around Davis Island and all around South Tampa. And if he heard about a party, they'd stop at a payphone and pick up the phone and call and see if she was there. And if she wasn't, he'd keep trying. And then he told the group this. Why don't I seek out God like I used to seek out Julie? He said if he was being honest, when he's worrying he doesn't seek out God, God first, sometimes not even second. And that's true for many of us. So when you're in worry, we must strive differently. Jesus affirms that when we strive differently and seek God, our needs 
will actually be taken care of. Verses 32 and 33 say this, for it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Your material needs will be taken care of when you attend to your deeper spiritual needs. I recognize that if you are new to church or faith, you might not understand this, these words, kingdom of God and God's righteousness and what they mean. Perhaps an easier or different way to think about it is this. To diminish worry in your life. Build a life and a practice that develops your relationship with Jesus Christ and discover and find a way to serve the world. If you don't have a group of people to do this with who you can study, pray, share your worries, share your life, join a group. It's a good first step when you're on the journey or if you're a long time in the journey. And you can do so by reaching out to John Barola, our director of discipleship, or just shoot me a quick email. Reach out to me. You see, striving differently means building a life around regular spiritual practices. And that way we can be prepared to deal with troubles without excess worrying. Jesus ends with this. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. As you go about your week, build a life rooted in God and rooted in love. Remember, strive differently. And when you begin to rock and worry, go sit on your rock. And as you begin to live that way, your worry will diminish. Let us pray together. God of light and of love, remind us that you will never leave us and that you are with us. Each person watching this today, whether it's live or at a later time, remind them how much you love them, that they can trust in you and that you will take care of their needs and be with them through any trouble. We ask all these things in the power of the risen Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen.